The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a son in Phoenix, too. 52 to... <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. Hello. Hey there, Mitch. This week on the show, we are going to break down last week's game against the Wizard <laughs> and then talk about next week's possible games. We have four of them on the docket. Let's see if they get played. Follow us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show. All right, so we were supposed to have four games last week, and we know due to COVID protocols, we only played one. And that one was against the Wizards, and it was ugly. It was a 128-107 final score, and the score looks a lot better than the game was overall. Yeah, this was a rough game. And, okay, I don't want to be too reactionary here. Even good teams are going to play bad games sometimes. Kind of like that Pistons game. You don't want to overreact too much to one bad game or two bad games. Yeah, we needed to play a lot better. But we were just off. It was an off night. And we had played a lot of games. And it was a road trip. It's going to happen sometimes. Yeah, and... You know, if we're a team that expects to make the playoffs, I think with that expectation, you can give yourself a few games to lose like this. It's not going to be down to the wire. We don't need every single win, which is, you know, kind of crazy to say now. But, (laughs) you know, we can lose a few games and that's just fine. But the fashion that we lost against the Pistons and the Wizards, that's pretty rough. And it's, it's just due to us living and dying by the three. I know that may get thrown around a little too much, but we're a team that relies on shooting. Look at our guys, Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson. They're known for hitting the three. Booker. Uh, Mikhail Bridges is shooting it great this year, but we're firing up a ton of threes this year. And when you play a game like this one against the Wizards and you only go four for 27 from downtown, it's going to be tough to win. Yeah, it is. The, The number that really stands out to me is 27. I'm not trying to go all Dion Waiters here by saying I'd rather go 0 for 40 than 0 for 9 because if it's just 0 for 9, it means I stop shooting. I'm not trying to say that, but we do need to probably be shooting a few more than 27. I get making adjustments and all of that, but uh, the goal, I think, usually is to shoot about 33s uh, or a little more. So I would have liked to see us put a few more up even though we only hit four. Yeah, that, that's fair to say. I mean, Crowder played 30 minutes in this game, only shot three threes. Pretty disappointing from him to just mm-hmm. 2.6 rebounds, two assists in those 30 minutes. But like we said on the episode last week, Crowder's kind of the X factor for this team. If, if Crowder's hitting, this team's going to look good. We see him lay an egg in this one, and it was rough all around for everybody else. But, I mean, Bridges shot four. 
Chris Paul only shot one. He's not going to be shooting a ton of them, but Booker shoots three. And then Cam Johnson goes one for six. Cam struggled in this one as well. And, you know, when when your shooters aren't hitting them, it's it's going to be tough. Yeah, it will be. And then, you know, even with – I know we talked about Thomas Bryant last week. He, unfortunately, is out with the injury because he's been a known kind of eight and stopper. Aiton tends to struggle against Bryant. You know, when we found out that Bryant was going to be injured, then we were kind of thinking, well, maybe Aiton will have a chance to shine. Maybe we'll be able to get a lot of points in the paint. But Aiton struggled a lot in this game. Eight points and six rebounds. Yeah, and he got completely outplayed by the backup wizard center, who is Robin Lopez. And we've said it all along. Aiton struggles against the Brutes. He he doesn't want to bang with them. He gets pushed around by him, and that's all Robin Lopez can do anymore. That's all he really ever could do. But yeah. you just see that, and Robin Lopez, plus 21, 11 and 11, five for six from the floor. That's, I mean, that that's a, that, that hurts when you think about what Aiton should be and what he can do. You'd think, oh, he's got Robin Lopez on him this game. He should be running on running circles around Robin Lopez this game, but we didn't see it. And with that, Aiton only plays 25 minutes in this game, not due to foul trouble, only had two in the entire game, but he was a second worst on the team with minus 23 in those Oof. 25 minutes. Oof. You know what? I, I'm just thinking of this right now. I remember, and this wasn't even a Monty Williams move. I know he's done this before. But back in the day when Josh Jackson was on the team and he got benched, he got benched for an entire game after just a few poor performances in a row. And then he came back after that DNP CD and played much better. I think Aiton may need something like that, like bench him for a game and show him, you know, if you're if this is what it's going to be like, you're going to sit on the bench. But can we afford to do that if we are aiming to be a playoff team? I know I did say we can afford to lose one every here and there, but can you bench Aiton? Well, that's a good question, because if you look at our upcoming schedule, it's going to be difficult to do that. But I think we can afford to lose a game. And if we need to lose one and bench Aiton to send a message to light a fire under him and, and get him going this season, then I think it would be worth it. Yeah. Well, you know, played 25 minutes in this one. He played half of a game technically. So, you know, this is going to be 10 minutes less than what he averages or so. So he, he did there, there was a message sent in this game. I'd say that's true. That's true. I wonder if it was enough because we saw him come back in late in this game and, you know, it was pretty much over by then anyways. But, man, it's just disappointing to see that. And I think we're going to take this time where we normally talk about the games that were postponed just to talk about eight and a little bit more because I think this just needs to be dove into. What I I like to see from Aiton is defense this year. He, He brings the defense... Maybe not in this Wizards game. It wasn't spectacular. But I think we just got to keep that in mind before we say anything else, that he, he really is becoming the, the the center point of our defense. 
I mean, Mikhail Bridges is probably the best one-on-one defender, but Aiton can do a lot of things. He's quick. He can keep up with perimeter players, and he does a pretty solid job protecting the rim now. So with that out of the way, what what needs to happen for us to be content with Aiton's playing? And I, I don't, I'm not saying over the top in love with Aiton. Like what, what makes us content? Yeah. I mean, he needs to score. He needs to be able to go toward the basket on his shots. I think that's, what's most frustrating is the majority of his shots are these turnaround fadeaway mid range shots that he actually hits at a decent rate. It's a nice shot to have in your arsenal, but you got to be able to go towards the basket. You're seven feet tall. You're huge. He needs to go towards the basket. We've been saying this from the start, and everyone has been saying this on Twitter and everything like that. Um, I want to quickly, though, give a shout out to NBA Math on Twitter. They post these graphs that are pretty insightful, and I'm looking at one. That is through games on January 11th. That was the most recent uh, Suns graph that they had here. And it just shows how uh, the Suns players have fared on both sides of the court. So the, the things they're looking at are defensive points saved and offensive points added. So you want to be in the, the, right, the top right quadrant. That means you're saving a lot of defensive points and adding a lot of offensive points. Aiton is decently high on the uh, the defensive points saved spot. He's still a touch below zero, though. So it's still not a positive impact, technically. And there's a lot of factors that go into that. But he is so far to the left on his offensive production. There's actually only one guy who has less offensive production than Aiton this season, and it's Javon Carter who has are actually our highest defensive hmm. production. So it's tough to see Aiton that far to the left on this graph, knowing that only Javon Carter has less offensive production. And we're talking now very, very, very small sample size, obviously, especially because both these guys miss games. But Kaminsky and Dario Saric are also, they're both quite a bit ahead of Aiton on offensive production. Langston Galloway is ahead of him. I mean, everyone aside from Javon. So I want Aiton to just produce more on offense, whatever that means. Yeah, I, I'm 100% there too. It, it needs to happen more. And now he needs to work harder for it though, because he's not, he's not such a big focal point of our offense. We have other guys who can do other things that, help us win more games. So Aiton needs to rely on getting some offensive rebounds again. I don't, I, I don't think he's uh, quite performing up to those numbers as last year. No, but way lower, way, way lower. lower on the offensive glass. And I mean, we, we saw this in a couple games. He had two great back-to-back games against the, the nuggets and the Clippers. He went over 20 points both times. And we saw, Many instances where we were feeding him. And Aiden has a thing. He'll he'll play tough against Jokic. And I, I like that. He always brings it when he plays Jokic. But in these games, we saw the Suns. The only thing they wanted to do 
were getting mismatches for Aiton. And we were feeding him right in the lane. And he shoots 10 for 13 from the floor against the Nuggets, 9 for 12 against the Clippers. I, I wish we would we could see more of that because it seems like when we're, we start, you know, just bombing up threes, it, it, it seems like Aiton is 100% out of the game plan. And I don't think we're at a point where we can quite take him completely out. Yeah, he's a little soft. He's been bobbling a lot of passes. But I want I want shots within two feet of the hoop coming. And the only way our team gets those is when we spoon feed Aiden. Uh, what, Booker can get into the lane? Paul can get into the lane? Who else can actually penetrate, get a shot on their own? Bridges no, is getting better at that. Bridges is getting better at that. Cam can do it once in a blue moon. Johnson. Campaign does a good job getting into the lane. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. But we, we don't have anyone to do that, so we need to spoon feed the biggest guy on our team who has great finesse around the rim. Let, let's spoon feed him Spoon feed him a little bit more. I I don't know what else we can say. He's a he's a seven footer. He's not gonna make his he's not gonna create his own shot over and over in this league anymore. That's not gonna happen. So I don't think we can complain about his offensive input if he's not getting the the touches. But we need to hold the offensive rebounding thing against him. Get those boards. Yeah. That's easy two points for you. And I wonder if part of it is when we have tried to feed him. Sometimes he doesn't take advantage of it. He passes out rather than going up for the shot, or he ends up fading away from the basket still. Right. And, you know, every once in a while when he does catch one in the post, they're already collapsing, and he, he more or less touch passes it out. Right. That's okay that's once fine. in a while. That's, that's happen. fine. If it leads to a wide open three, okay. But I, I do like to see I'd like to see him get a little bit more aggressive. Are the post moves really there, though? Can he have his back to somebody and take a couple dribbles? Doesn't seem like it. He always gets ripped, or he he just won't put it down and he'll settle for the turnaround. Right, right. But I'm just wondering if, you know, Chris Paul, he doesn't have a lot of tolerance for imperfection. I suppose I'll put it that way. And Aiton still has a lot to learn. I wonder, and I don't know this for sure, obviously, but I wonder if there's some frustration there on Paul's end, maybe Booker's end, you know, especially Paul, who has played with someone like DeAndre Jordan or Blake Griffin, who two guys that are great at getting to the basket. I wonder if there's some frustration there. Well, I, I remember, I think it was in the Chris Paul, J.J. Redick uh, podcast. He said something about how DeAndre Jordan couldn't, uh, chew gum and walk or something along those right, lines at right. the beginning. So it took him a while to get into that. And that's true. Does Chris Paul have the patience for that though? This is the end of his career. Can he right. teach DeAndre Ayton how to do this? But then again, are the Suns going to be a winning team with Ayton playing 20 minutes a night off the bench and you start Saric because Chris Paul has better, better chemistry with Saric? I don't think so. I, that, that's right. not going to win us games. Chris Paul needs to make Ayton into what he needs to be. And That's the true. only guy that can do it now is Chris Paul. I mean, Coach Monty's one thing, but Coach Monty isn't running the pick and roll with him. It's a very That's different true. story. I, I think, Chris, you're the best leader in the NBA. That's what everybody talks about. 
you you need to take Aiton under the wing. And I don't think Aiton's a guy you can yell at, yell and scream at to get him to fix something up. Right. He, he might need the a little softer touch. And uh, is Chris, does Chris have that soft touch? I don't know. Right. That's a great question. Yeah, I think that is part of it. And then part of it is on Aiton, for sure. Oh, does yeah, he yeah. want to improve? Does he want to do these things? Does he want to win? I mean, we have said this from pre-draft stuff. One of his downsides was always motivation seems low. What does he want out of this? Does he want to win? Is he more about individual accolades, which clearly he's not right now because he's not, not showing working it, towards anything there. Yeah. Right. What does he want? I mean, does he just want to get paid? What does he want out of this? Well, if he wants to get paid, he needs to play better. I mean, he needs to step it up. Yeah. So he's we're coming up here. I mean, not anytime super soon, but at the end of the season, next season, the end of this season, going into next season, I should say, for potential for a rookie extension. And a lot of people out there are saying, don't give it to him. Oh, that, that seems so tough. Can you not give him an extension? Really? I mean, it's the smart thing to do financially, for sure. Right. I, I don't know if you, we're anywhere near, you know, cutting the cord with him. I, I don't think... I don't think a, so either. A trade that brings back a, a center and more, maybe, but yeah, I, I'm still not into that. I'm still not into that. Yeah, well, okay, so this is what I see on Twitter. I'm just going to say a general overview. People, certain people on Twitter who are pretty vocal about this say, we need to move on from Aiton. We need to trade him. We need to get a, a, some return while he still has trade value. I don't think it's to that point yet either, but let's just play that game for a second. What, what could we get back for eight? That's the thing. I don't think we could get a guy who can fill in right now. Plus more assets. That would make sense. That, that keeps us winning games and, you know, gives us a chance to replace him in a draft. I, I just don't really see that, that happening. Not to, you know, no, pop the wind think. out of anyone's sail who's hoping for an Aiton trade, but I, the value, his value isn't high enough due to how he's playing. I mean, look at his numbers last year compared to this year. That tanks some value. So I, it just does not seem possible to trade Aiton. No, I don't think so either. I have seen some people saying, let's do, let's get Towns for Aiton, and we'd have to throw some other stuff in on the T-Wolves aren't going to do that, no. so don't even bother with that one. I I think the only way the T-Wolves would do that is if we give them Aiton and Booker and Bridges or something like that. <laughs> and obviously, we're not going to do that. No. So we're not getting cat. Let's, uh, let's slow down on that one. Yeah. I, I don't think it's smart to even entertain these trade talks. I mean, here's the thing. In the NBA, no one is untouchable. Every single player, even Devin Booker, even Chris Paul, every single person is tradable. That's for sure. We've seen this over and over and over again. GMs are fielding calls. Some are more serious than others. But I don't think there's any – there's not a very high chance that Aiden will get traded, at least this season. Totally agree. All right. Moving along, 
next week's games. Well, do we need to mention the ones that were postponed? We all know. We were supposed to have the Hawks, Warriors, and Pacers at home last week, but those three were postponed, so we move on to next week. And today, when this goes up, uh, we got the Grizzlies at three, and we're we just have our fingers crossed that we'll be able to play this one. We, we haven't heard much more about, you know, Memphis just had one postponed, but that was due to Minnesota not having enough guys. So it seems like Memphis is in the clear, but you know, we still don't know after these three postponements, if the Suns are able to play Monday on Martin Luther King jr. Day, the one of the most fun NBA NBA days of the year. So I, I really want to see this game. Yes, and especially since it's the Grizzlies. Memphis is, they always play on this day. I mean, there's all of the history with Martin Luther King Jr. in Memphis. I've been to that museum. When I used to work for the D-League team that was associated with the Grizzlies, we went and we checked out the Martin Luther King Museum, which is super cool. If you get the chance to do that, do it. I mean, it's uh, it's it's tough stuff, but it's important. But the Grizzlies always play on this day, and they always have great uniforms, and the NBA does a lot of cool stuff for it. I hope this game actually occurs. Here's my concern. Thus far, the Suns have returned all negative COVID tests, which is great. But the Wizards have six confirmed positive COVID cases. We know that it takes time sometimes for the positive COVID tests to show up, we might start seeing positive tests for the Suns. Oh, I hope not. I hope I, not, too. But if you think about it, if those guys on the Wizards, I don't think they've named names of who actually came down with it, but you have to imagine that some of them were on the court playing a right. basketball game against our Suns. Right. Like, I mean, you six just players? Imagine. Yeah. Almost half of the roster? Yeah. Maybe it's the end of the bench brigade, but didn't they get in against us because they whooped us so hard? I'm Probably. Not even sure. yeah. But it's it's just not looking good, and I'm, I'm hoping that we're all good and we're able to play. But, I mean, we're recording this on Saturday around noon, so who knows what's going to happen between now and when the show comes out. But Who knows? Well, and here's the thing. The, the league is now tightening the protocols, no guests in in hotel rooms, and trying to do somewhat of a local bubble, kind of a little bit dictating what guys can and can't do a little bit more. I don't know about this. I still don't know how effective it's going to be. A lot of people are saying the NBA needs a 7- to 14-day pause on everything to get this stuff cleared up and then try to start again. I don't know what the answer is, but it's not going well right now. Now, and just looking even more to the future, we know that the first half of the NBA schedule was released. Those are the only games we know. We still don't know what the second half of the season looks like. Is there time built in? Are there days built in to do these uh, postponed games? Because I haven't heard a peep about when these will be replayed. Right. I mean, there's got to be. But think about this. We've already had three postponed. Scheduling three games is tough. Now, if it's one, that's a little bit different. But three against teams all over the country. The Hawks in the southeast. The Warriors in the the west. And the Pacers right in the middle of the country. That's going to be an issue. 
travel and all of that for those teams, since they're all home games, that makes it a little easier for us. But that's going to be tough to coordinate with all three of those teams. And then if I suppose the worst case scenario for this coming week that all these games get postponed, Grizzlies, Rockets, and the Nuggets twice, I mean, seven games, did they build in enough time to reschedule seven games? Uh, I don't know how sacred the all-star break is, but since we're not playing an all-star game this year and doing all that, um, I don't know if maybe that'd be a time where they can do that. But then the guys don't so. get their break. That that right. kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. I think that was actually the purpose of saying there's going to be no all-star festivities or anything. I think that was part of it so that they can make up games yeah. that have been postponed. Oh, I I just hope it doesn't get too messy. And and then just looking at the schedule, these are seven games in a row that should have been in Phoenix. We should have, our guys would have been at home, taking it easy, not having to travel. Seven games at the at the arena here in Phoenix. I I really hope we don't miss too many more of these because I mean, the home court advantage is gone. There's no people in the stands, but you got to think that these guys would rather stay in their own bed, drive to the arena compared to, you know, fly in somewhere, take a bus from the hotel. That's got to be right. something. It is, yeah, it's definitely something. And even just the time difference. Yeah. To go to the East Coast and have to adjust two-hour difference. Right. Which that'll change again in a couple months when we go back to Pacific time mm-hmm. since we don't change here in Arizona. But Oh, yeah. I think there's still there is still a touch of a home court advantage just because of that. But yeah, I don't know, which it kind of brings us to our bet question. Shout out to everyone who responded. Sorry, we don't have an answer for you on the bet question because the Warriors game was postponed. So we'll have to pick that up again. But the bet question this week is, will the Suns play a game in this coming <laughs> week? <laughs> so tweet at us at Sunny and PHX pod with yes or no. <laughs> on if the Suns will play a game this coming week. <laughs> Press one for yes, two for no. That would work oh. as well. <laughs> this stinks, man. I getting bad flashbacks to when the season got ripped away from us last year. And when you do a, a weekly podcast, that kind of puts a damper on it when there aren't any games for an entire right. week. So well, we knew this was gonna happen. We did kind of call this out before the season started. Like, get ready for games to be postponed just yeah. based on how the college season had been going. Well, but it still sucks. Yeah. And, you know, again, we're we're recording this on Saturday afternoon. And as of now, no one on the Suns has a positive test. So we can, we just need to be thankful for that. That's hope true. it keeps that way and hope we can play some games next week. So what's your answer? Yes or no on this one? Oh, Yes, I'm feeling mighty optimistic. I think we'll, I mean, by next Saturday? I hope so. I guess just to be different, I'll say no. (laughs) Why not? Truly, truly in my heart, I think we will play at least one of these. But just to be different, I'm going to say no. You might, you know, rather than tie, you might get a W. That's right. Yeah. And with that, we'll move to our non-sports section of the show. The question this week, since we've had one episode 
since the new year, but we didn't go too far into anything New Year's related. It's still the beginning of the year. What's your New Year's resolution? Well, I wasn't planning on having to have this be my New Year's resolution, but um, since returning from South Dakota over Christmas, I've been packing on the pounds because we eat good in South Dakota. Like we <laughs> we eat good. And I've just been doing too much of that. So I think we got to get back into a somewhat active, healthy lifestyle. Drop a few LBs. I, man, I just want to start shooting hoops again. That, that's all. I don't need to. I don't need to play pickup. I don't even need to play 21. I just want to get out on a court and get some buckets up. I, I, I'd like to do that. You know, take the dog for maybe a real walk rather than just a, you know, the little weak one around the neighborhood. That sort of thing. So that's that's what I'm going for. A little a little more active, much more healthy, uh, much less fried food. <laughs> there you go. Mine is to be more organized at home. At work, I am highly organized. I'm always up to date on everything. And I was talking to my coworkers the other day because someone asked me what my New Year's resolution was. I said to be more organized at home. And they were shocked that I'm not organized at home based on how I work. But hmm. I give all my energy of organization to work, basically. And then at home, I just put stuff wherever and... I'm pretty messy at home, as some people listening to this know. <laughs> but at work, it's the exact opposite. So I want to try to take some of that work organization and bring it to home. I might be calling you out for this right now because I'm lucky enough to be able to see you right now on this call. And you could you could pick up a little bit. Oh, yeah, I definitely <laughs> could. Yeah. I know it's it can be rough at times. <laughs> no, I, it, so. It's not that bad. I mean, there's no. plenty of room to make it from room to room. Yes, it's, we're not it's we're also, not talking hoarder house. I'm not. No, I don't want to throw you under a bus. It's also not as bad as it used to be. It has gotten better. After the wedding, we just got a bunch of stuff and have had nowhere to put it really. So yeah, I I'm very thankful that my parents actually got us a gift card to the container store. Ooh. So we're going to be we're going to be getting some containers. First we need to see how many we need. We need to do some measuring, but yeah, that's that's kind of the issue right now. Yo, shout out to the container store. Yeah. Um I've been in there once and my wife said, "Hey, I'm going to the container store. Do you want to come?" And I was like, "What what's there?" Is it tote? Like, I just thought it was like totes oh. and that type of stuff. But no, there's there's a lot of things. Anything that you store something in, I mean, it's at the container store. They're not fooling around. The name, it's legit. That's right. Yeah, it's a great place. I think I've only been there once or twice, too. But yeah. we're going again. Yeah. Get some organization going. That's, that's what's up. Okay. That ends it for this week. Hopefully next week we'll have some more ball to talk about with you guys. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, check us out on social media at Sunny and PHX Pod, and we will see you next week. Go Suns! <laughs>